Yeah. Keys to the city, baby. When you see us, so you know you really viewing greatness in the making. Double up on facts we stating. Podcasting, cruise control, city, state, the nation. So what you saying? What we saying? Prime information. Facts, topics, stipulations. First down, played it. Presenting topics for kind, easy to time, braided. Facts, keys to the city. We are locking the statements. And ladies and gentlemen, we are back. Clovercrest Media presents Keys to the City. What a show we got for you today. We'll be talking New York Yankees baseball, AL East champions, but there is some bad coming along with the celebration. Also, we'll have college football Heisman predictions, or our top three. Big week in college football as well. It's been a busy week for us New York fans. There's been a lot of good, but there's been some disappointment. Ladies and gentlemen, as most of you know, and you can tell by the jerseys, Ted is rep repping, so am I. As everybody knows, that knows me, I go to the grave for this guy. This is my favorite player in the history of the NFL. Call me crazy, I don't care. This is a man that got drafted 16 years ago. You know what made this man so special? He never let anything bother him. Since day one, he's faced criticism. Oh, he thought he was too bad. Better than San Diego because he didn't want to go there. No, he wanted the spotlight. He wanted the bright lights. He wanted the big moments. Eli Manning will go down in giant history as one of the greatest, if not the greatest, in franchise history. Now, everybody wants to bash him for this and that, for whatever reason. But when I think of Eli Manning for 16 years, he was our quarterback. Other than one blunder, he was our quarterback. Teams have gone through quarterbacks year in and year out. But the New York Giants always had one same face. And that was Eli Manning. He led the franchise to the greatest achievement in any of in sports, championships. He was the face of the franchise. Everybody wants to say Beckham or Strahan. This was the face of the franchise for the past 16 years. When I think of Eli Manning, I think of the 2011 NFC Championship game. I think of him getting beat up. I think of a man that everybody has criticized since day one. But this is a man that's taken beatings from the media, from the players, and on the field. But the man got up. All he showed was leadership, dignity, inspiration to people. And you know what? As a fan of the New York Giants, my favorite team in all the sports, Eli Manning gave me the two greatest things a fan could ever want. And that's all we care about in sports, right? We don't care about the stats. We care about our teams winning championships. And when I think of Eli Manning, forever will be those two Super Bowl champions against the greatest dynasty in all of sports, maybe. Against the greatest coach in all of sports. Against the greatest quarterback in the history of the NFL. He did it twice. Not once, twice. No man could ever take that away. So since day one, this man has faced backlash, criticism. He can never get to his brother's level. Well, ladies and gentlemen, Eli has set the standard in New York. And I, I got nothing else to say because... That was the, great. Because that was actually great. I, was be, not, I didn't know what to expect just from because, you just be, Well, you know I defend Eli Manning till, yes. from day one, and everybody's like, oh, if Eli told you to come give him a hug and kiss, <laughs> you'd go give him a hug and kiss. 
I only say that because as a true New York Giant fan, what else could I ask for more? I mean, well, you can always ask for more. No, he's giving me everything I want. I'm greedy. I, I know, but this. he's but look, I've probably he's given us everything I wanted as a fan. You know what's funny? We're when both, he draft, we're huge Giant fans, both of yes. us. Yes, we've been that way forever. Yes, we've kind of taken it to a whole nother level in fanatic. You know, especially when we're watching the game at home and we don't have to show our true colors to everyone. But I would say typically, I've been more of the typical Giant fan. I've been that guy where when things have been great, I'm the first one to praise him. I've also been that guy, and you know because we've gotten into arguments about it, where I bash Eli. I have. I have bashed Eli because he's got to be one of the most frustrating players. For me, see, I don't care about anyone else on other teams. I care about my team. And Eli Manning, for me, has been one of the most frustrating players to watch. Now, I am thankful, I am privileged that the Giants – and Eli Manning came together, and it worked out as great as it did. To think 16 years ago on 2000, what was it? 2004. April 24th, 2004, Eli Manning said he wanted to play for the New York Giants and not the San Diego Chargers. At the time, they were the San Diego Chargers. And he got a lot of backlash, like you said, Trev. And to be able to handle the pressure of New York. You know, I think about two players in the last 20 years that I've had. The, it's easy. Uh, that it's I've easy. had the appreciation and joy, and they've never been the greatest. But they've done it the right way. Derek Jeter for the New York Yankees and Eli Manning for the New York Giants. Two guys that are were faces of the franchises. Now, we always talk about New York City. Listen, you know, the mecca capital of the world with the media and everything. But for them to handle the pressures of everything. That's probably the greatest accomplishment that both of those players ever achieved during their careers. Yes, the hits the home runs, the legendary moments, the touchdowns, the Super Bowls, the World Series. But it's it takes a different human being to go into New York and be the face of a franchise for 15-plus years. And both of those men did it. We praised Derek Jeter. We sending him off like a true warrior, a true champion he was. And he was not good the last two or three years. But Eli Manning, everybody's thankful that he's not the quarterback anymore the New York Giants. Well, it's not, like, well, not, not everyone. I most think. I've seen a lot of pages on Facebook this week that have said, thank God he's done. But when Jeter was done, we were sad. We were... we were. Well, here's the thing. Eli we Manning's... Applauding him has, for everything, but Eli Manning... Has digressed. It doesn't matter. Years. I know his... And Father Time will get the best of every athlete forever. Except for other Tom. than Tom Brady. <laughs> but my thing is, what more could you have asked for? The man won your championships. The man has... Gotten you to great the greatest moments in the world. Yes, he's had blunders. Yes, he's had moments that you never want to remember of him. But when when we remember Eli, it's the the leadership, the way he's handled himself, and the championships. And that's how he should be remembered as a New York Giant quarterback. The and I had a debate with Bernard a couple year uh, like a year ago, and he never he always thought that Eli was never the face. If you didn't think Eli Manning was the face of the New York Giants for the past then 16 years, I know Strahan was there, but Strahan was at the end of his road when Eli was there. And then don't tell me Odell Beckham. Yes, Odell Beckham was a bigger star around the world, but the face of the franchise was always Eli Manning. And that's what we always forget about, is that Eli Manning has been through it all. The ups and the downs. And it's been the downs lately. He's been, he's been the... The typical roller coaster. Because when he's good, he's good. I mean, you think about it. You got the two Super Bowls. You have 
I mean, the comeback victories. Yes. You have all the yards. The game-winning drives. And then you have the moments where he has the five interceptions, the the leading the league in interceptions. Uh, listen, I'm just, I know that. I'm I'm thankful for him being my quarterback. And I know we're going to move on my, to, to the one. My the, final the, point. The question is the My whole, final point. Before I get to the thing. Everybody wants to. Eli's a meme nowadays. He's always on because of his faces. His, oh, this, uh, uh, yeah. Here's something to laugh about. Everybody wants to laugh at Eli Manning because of that, because he just looked like he didn't have a brain at times. I want you to laugh at this. So since 2004, now teams have dealt with a lot of different quarterbacks over the years other than the Patriots and the Giants. But I want you to listen to this. In the NFC East, since 2004, the Washington Redskins have had 16 starting quarterbacks. Okay? The Eagles have had 13 the great Eagles, right? NFC's winners all the time. 13 quarterbacks. Oh, and, those, and don't forget about America's team. That You know, everybody loves the Dallas Cowboys. They're amazing. Well, they've had 13 quarterbacks since 2004. Other than that one blunder two years ago, the New York Giants quarterback has been the same since 2004. Laugh about that, okay? Laugh about that. You'll never see it again. I mean, to stay, uh, to stay alive... And be healthy for that long. For that that long of a period speaks volumes to who Eli Manning was. Everybody wants to bash him for always take oh the way he throws. The man never got injured. Just look at Why, look just, at, just look at last week. Just look at this year. And we'll get into it. How all these quarterbacks, it's been the year of bad luck for quarterbacks. The NFL one hundred will be remembered for the year of injuries, benchings, and just disappointment from quarterbacks. We'll get into that. But just, I wanted to make that final point about this whole Eli Manning talk. Everybody wants to laugh at him. He's always been the guy in New York. Jeter got remembered. Hell, CC Sabathia, who's not a true Yankee, was beloved and got a standing ovation. Eli Manning gets booted and people are happy. What has happened to Giant fans? As a Giant fan, as a diehard Giant fan, Eli Manning has given us everything we wanted since drafting him a number one pick. What else could you ask for from a number one pick more? Oh, I'm sorry. He didn't win 10 championships. I'm sorry. He didn't get to the playoffs at the time. He no, still gave you two championships not, not against, against the greatest of all time. Just remember that. Let's get over, speaking of Eli Manning, to probably the most, one of the most highly debated questions in the history of sports. Has to be. It seems like it always is. Is Eli Manning... A Hall of Famer. We posted a poll. 73% out of almost 600 votes we posted. Wow, 600 votes we got on that. 73% overwhelmingly said yes. And what, I mean, yes, the record. 116 and 116. Oh, he was a 500 quarterback. He's the, the, he'll finish top 10 in yards. He'll finish top 10 in touchdowns. He'll finish with two Super you, Bowls. I mean, you want to know the North? He's, he's fourth in quarter comebacks with 27, 13th most in the NFL history. He had 210 consecutive starts, which was the second longest, only behind Brett Favre, and should have been when he got benched this week, which should have been two, what's it, 234, 240. It doesn't even yeah. matter. He's Would have been start 242 if he played this He's game. got 362 career touchdown passes, most in Giant history, eighth most in NFL history. He's got over 56,000 yards, which is seventh most in NFL history. He's got 4,800 career completions, sixth most in NFL history. Oh, and uh, he's got zero losses in the playoffs against Tom Brady and Bill Belichick. And an 8-4 and four career playoff record so with, two, with two Super Bowl titles I've seen people MVPs. that say, oh, he's been borderline. He's never been in top five. Well, that's true. 
Never won an MVP. Never been to a lot of Pro Bowls. Never been all pro. Never been considered a top five quarterback exactly. during his generation. Maybe a top ten at times, but never a top five. Understandable. Well, there's a couple. I mean, there's a couple guys. I mean, the name that comes to not mine is in the same building. Well, probably different building because that's that's 50 years ago. I wrote. The, I it's Joe Namath. Oh, the one guy. Broadway Joe, amazing, right? Everybody loves Joe. The Jeff fans enamored with Joe Namath. He's he's a legend. Well, he was sixty-eight and seventy-one. Oh, and he had one hundred seventy-three downs and two hundred twenty picks. And he's in the Hall of Fame because of one game, because of a bold prediction he made and he won it. Okay, I mean Warren Moon is another guy, hundred and two and one. That's his overall record. One win over five hundred, and never been and no no Super Bowls. I know he was great. Yardage, passing yards, touchdowns, don't get me wrong. He never won a Super Bowl. What do we always talk about? What do we always remember quarterbacks for or players for? Do we remember about their stats? Or do we remember about the championships? Eli Manning may go down as one. Eli Manning, other than maybe Brady and Montana, could be going down as one of the greatest postseason quarterbacks in the history of the NFL. Now, the problem is he only did it in three playoffs. The problem is he only did it in three playoff runs. When he did it, he did it, and he looked Great. Well, here's and there was nobody better at that time in those postseasons. Well, you think about first of all the first Super Bowl, right? The way he got there. Okay, so we had this discussion yesterday in the debate, and I understand both sides of the argument. He's never been a top ten quarter. He, he uh, never close to say, maybe. I would say he's a top maybe he was a top 10. ten. I would say he's a top ten Listen, quarterback. No, most fans outside of Giant fans never looked at him as a top quarterback. Whatever. You know, he had that one good season where he had forty nine hundred yards. I mean, his best touchdown. Uh, year was 2015, where he was 35 touchdowns and 14 picks. He's led the league in picks twice, so I understand. Three. Three. He's Three had the good and he's had the bad, all right? But he has two Super Bowls. He has two Super Bowl MVPs. His numbers-wise back him up to be in the, in the, in the Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. You know, the question is, how do you look at the Hall of Fame? Do you look at it as, oh, it's just got to be one of those guys where he dominated his talent during his, during his timeline? Or is it a guy like, listen, Eli Manning, he's got the numbers to back him up. He's got two Super Bowls. He's got two Super Bowl MVPs. And here's the other thing. Name a quarterback that can beat Brett Favre in Lambeau Field and Aaron Rodgers in Lambeau Field. His first Super Bowl, I remember it. It started in Tampa yep. against Jeff Garcia. John Gruden. John? Beat him 24-14. Then they went to Dallas. Who beat was- Romo, the number one seed at the time. Beat him. Beat him. Beat him. Then went to Lambeau Field. One of the coldest games in history ever. of the NFL. And beat, beat Brett Favre. Favre. And outplayed him. Outplayed each quarterback. Then went to the Super Bowl and beat the 18-0 Patriots. Who, which hey, was Miami one, fans. Just thank Eli Manning and the Giants. For one that. of the greatest teams of all time. That no, team that, was, it, at, that is. The Patriots? That Patriot team was possibly, other than maybe the Dolphins, the greatest team in the history of the NFL. There might have been some other teams that lost games, but could have been Okay, there. Okay, that's fine. Because I would have loved to see, loved to see that Baltimore the Ravens is, team in 2000. And then the second one, and then his the, second run. Atlanta? He beats Atlanta at home. Then he goes to Lambeau again and beats Rodgers, who was 15-1 at the time, the best team in the league at the time, and we thought they were going to the Super Bowl. Giants go in and smack them around. Then they go to the NFC Championship and game. If got- you want to talk about a guy that took a beating for about 60-plus minutes, that's Eli Manning. The man got abused. Nowadays, the Giants would have had, I don't know, 10 first downs based off of those uh, the rough and the passers. Eli got destroyed. He never complained. And he went about his business, got right back up, went into the huddle, and went to the next camp? play. Beat, no, oh, no, he beat Alex, Alex Smith. Sorry, Alex and Smith. then what did he do again? Beat Brady. Everybody wants to talk about the defense. The defense was great. 
But you do know the Giants were trailing in both of those Super Bowls, and Eli had to go down and score. I, I'm just saying, but I know everybody wants to say, oh, the defense is the only reason why they won. Yes, the defense was a huge part of that part of that team and a part of the reason of why they won those two Super Bowls. But let's not forget that both those times the New York Giants were trailing late in the game in the fourth quarter that Eli Manning had to go down 75-plus yards to win it twice. Just remember, that it takes, it takes a special person to do that and a guy that has... Nothing phased him. And that's what Eli Manning so, did. So to my po- He's a Hall of Famer. So to my point, I said he was a Hall of Famer. I posted it the other day. My, I, I'm the one that posted the poll. And I said, is he a yes? And I explained my thought process. Is he a Hall of Famer? I said, eventually, yes. He's not a first ballot. He's not a second ballot. He's probably not a third ballot. But he he will eventually get I in. I think he's a second or third ballot. I don't. I wouldn't. I, I don't, definitely wouldn't say first ballot. I'd say second or third. He's. I in. think he's more four, five, six in those years. I yeah. I think he's gonna have to wait. No, he's he's gonna get in. Here's my question to you. Go ahead. If he's not a Manning, does he get the same recognition as he does? Probably not. If he no, it's okay. So he, His he, name he, is, if he's not a Manning, but he has all the same stats, everything's the same. Yeah, he still gets in. I think the Manning thing gives him a the little The Manning boost. thing always helps, but his numbers speak so, for itself. I know his record wasn't overwhelmingly great. No, I know. So here's my point. We said this right beforehand. He was 74 and 46 after the 2012 Super Bowl. That was his record it as seems a quarterback. Great. Great it record. Seems great. Okay, almost 30 games over 500. Since the Giants have won the Super Bowl, he's 42 and 70. Now, if you're a true Giant fan, it's a combo of everything. It's a combo. It's a combo of everything. To think Eli Manning over the last, whatever, five, six, seven years is the reason why the Giants have played bad. Yes. Here's the thing. It's a combo. You you have to be realistic with yourself. Okay. I did this yesterday. You talked to yourself? I did this yesterday. We talked about this. Eli Manning was never a quarterback that was going to just win you games. Think about that. In the NFL, how many quarterbacks are really that good? There's like the Tom Brady's. But think about the caliber players that Drew Brees has had. I'm listening. Phillip Rivers. Okay. We all love Aaron Rodgers, right? Greatest talent of all time. Do you guys remember the last two years when Aaron Rodgers has not had a running game and didn't have an offense line? They didn't make the playoffs. He got beat up and didn't make a full season. He didn't have the weapons, and he hasn't had the defense. Now, the last two years in the Green Bay, they've drafted over 13 players in the NFL for defensive players. You've seen so far this season what a difference they have as a defensive team and how much better Rodgers has looked when the defense is playing at a high caliber. Dak Prescott, right? Great quarterback. He's got the second most wins in the league behind Tom Brady. But what does he have? He has a top star running back, one of the best running backs in the league. He has the best offensive line in the game. Hold on. He has Amari Cooper, and now they have a great defense. Listen, for a quarterback to be successful, you need pieces around you. That's what Eli and the Giants— And you need, organ- to, be, and you need to be healthy. Uh, and, and that's what the Giants organization did for Eli in the first seven, eight years of his career. They had a great defense. They had running backs. And back. then Reese, and Reese lost touch Well, how to draft. Okay, and, and when you draft bad, okay, Eric Flowers, bust. Oh, every play, now now bust. that Odell Beckham has not been the team, every player that Reese has drafted is no longer on the Giants. The Giants have missed on drafts. Okay, and the one year that they did get some free agents when they did, they made the playoffs, and it was a decent team. And then but everything went to haywire. think that everything is on Eli's shoulders, that the reason why the Giants have failed, no. No, it is, a, co- it is a combo. And for me, it's disheartening, and I'll finish it off on this. It's been disheartening the way Eli Manning and the Giants organization has gone out together because this is a tandem. This is how you start. It's like a marriage. You go in together, you finish together. 
Okay, the Giants have not done their job and their due diligence to put the right personnel around Eli. To say, okay, now you, you had Barkley and Beckham last year, to think that we were actually going to be good because of two players, no. You had no one to block. You can't throw the ball when you're on the ground. You can't. It's not possible. Look at Aaron Rodgers. And your defense, he hasn't and your, and your defense yeah, can't stop him. You've got to have an offensive line. Look at the NFL. The Atlanta Falcons drafted two offensive linemen in the first round this year so Matt Ryan could stand up and throw the ball. Now, yeah, he, he's a good quarterback, but what has he done, okay? Eli Manning was successful when he had the right personnel around him. They have not done it as an organization. They've done a, a crappy job about putting the supporting cast. And he has failed, and the team has failed. And that's why the results of the Giants the last three years has been piss poor. Let's move on to from the end of an era to a new era. If you haven't missed, if you missed a part of the show, you can check us out. We are on Facebook, Instagram, Spotify, and YouTube as well. Check us out, Keys to the City. It's time for a new era, the Daniel Jones era. And I've been saying this for quite some time now. The New York Giants make a decision like this. It brings back the question that they've been talking about for quite some time. What are the New York Giants doing? If you're going to make this decision two weeks into the season, you should have made this. You should have made the decision at day the one. You should have made it day one. And you know who I put? And guess what? I blame the organization. Every, no, but everybody has been saying, well, if he plays bad, we could put Eli back. No, 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 no. Listen, ladies and gentlemen, the Cardinal rule when it comes to drafting a quarterback in the first round and hoping he's your franchise quarterback, you to is to him. not to not to pull that move. Anybody that's smart with football and knows, I don't care how bad he performs from here on out. If Daniel Jones struggles, let this man struggle. He needs to learn. Gotta take his you lungs. can't take him out because it sends the complete wrong message to the entire fan base and to the entire organization and even to Daniel Jones. You have to keep him and you have to ride with him. If you take him out, but you know what? Shut it. It wouldn't be a shot so because going be into the season, be a New York you, Giant how long did you think Eli Manning was going to win? I thought to, to your with heart. this team, I mean, at the beginning of the year, I predicted him go eight and eight. Maybe I was being a little nice about it and being a little greedy, but realistically, I thought the Giants... If they were like bye week, if they were under five hundred, I say put them in after the bye okay. week against Arizona. Because that I would have waited seven weeks or so. After two weeks, it shows that I think deep down Shermer wanted to start him in day one, but the mirrors said pressure it. in for his job. Gettleman wanted to say Gettleman wanted him in. Mirrors wanted him in for a year. They didn't want to start this kid. I think that Shermer, the if Shermer. Here's my thing as well. If he get, it's all over the place because well, this is okay, what. Hold on, hold on. No, no, no. So do it on a timeline. No, because okay, they drafted Daniel Jones. Yes, we know. Which, the we which, know the timeline. And what did but they it's say? Been all over the place. That's why I'm one side or the. I'm well, going we didn't. Back. We didn't I'm, sign Beckham to trade him. But here's my thing. That's why it's kind of how the Giants are. How they've been. I, you say one thing and then you go to another thing. You said that wishy washy. The Can Kansas City model. We're gonna go three years. Okay, Green Bay model. Okay, that's fine. Then we're going to. No, we don't want to start him for the entire year. We want Eli to be our guy. Then two weeks later, you make this move. Well, two weeks this is all on Shermer. And I said this. There's enough time to see what Daniel Jones will be with Shermer. If Daniel Jones can't play well this year, I'm sorry. Pat well, Shermer has to go. I do not believe that if Pat Shermer— That's why they made the move. With this move, this is the move for his job. 
Okay, so if Daniel Jones pans out, they win some ga- they win some games, they still finish terrible, but Daniel Jones looks good, okay, he keeps the job. But if Daniel Jones comes in, he plays bad, the team plays bad, there should be no choice in the fire Shermer. I'm sorry. When you make a move like this, your job should be seriously on the line. So this is what we said. Trev. You can't go back on a decision like this now. So this is what we said before. And I'll build off of what I was saying for previous. With the Giants organization being a mess the, the past few years. You go into the draft in Daniel Jones. Okay, no problem. We live with it. We're cool with it. Whatever. That's what the guy they wanted. That's the guy they chose. Yep. No, we're past that point. So listen, Gettleman says what you said, Trevor. I'm going to reiterate. We're going to try to do what the Green Bay or the Chiefs want. We, listen, we want to have him sit here and we want him to learn behind Eli Manning. All right, no problem. Got a caller? I'll call, he can call right back. Who is it? All right. <laughs> I told him to call right back. So you, you start the season, right? Yeah. The mayor family says, hey, listen, we want Eli to see if he could start all 16 games. That would be – the ideal situation, and have Daniel Jones start next season. All right. Two games in, the Giants' defense has been god-awful. Yeah. Hasn't stopped anyone. I'll just give – I'll do it this way. They gave up touchdown drives against Dallas, 75, 93, 83, 75, and 89. Against the Bills, pretty much the same. they've given up 75, 70, 90, and 75 were the four touchdown drives. 98. I got 75, 70, 98, and 75. They've been outgaining 42 yards by two – in two games. So the offense hasn't been too bad. But they have they have not produced touchdowns and their defense can't stop no one. Now, you were right, Trev. If Sherm, if you're gonna start Daniel Jones in week two, should have started him week one. Why are you gonna pay hold on, hold on. Why are you gonna pay Eli? Answer your question. Why are you gonna pay Eli twenty two million dollars to be a backup let, let for me two an- games? Let me That's ask- what you paid him. You paid him twenty two million dollars for two games. Let me answer your question. Because Gettleman and Mara wanted Eli to start. Deep down, Shermer wanted Daniel Jones to be the quarterback from day one. But and Shermer he had no say. He knows his Shermer, job Shermer, goes with Daniel Jones. Shermer had no say until he finally said, screw it. I'm going to ride with this kid. I'm going to take him. He's going to be my starting quarterback. If I can't with, with, win with him, then my job should be on the line. I guarantee that he had all to say. Everybody wants to say, oh, Gettleman didn't know. Listen, ladies and gentlemen. Pat Shermer is the one that made this decision. He went yes, up to because the, he, he went up to he's got 14 games. Don't get mad, but he's got 14 games to figure this out went, with Daniel Jones because if he's not Trev, you're right. He went up to the he's higher He's got to go. He went up to the higher authorities cuz he knows he has to get the word from Mira. He wanted this to happen. He believes that Daniel Jones gives them the best chance to win. That's what he said. And he wanted Daniel Jones probably since day 1 starting. But Mira and Gettleman wanted to wait and that's where the confusion starts. Well, he's that's got- where that's the problem. That's the problem because at the beginning of the year, remember I sent you that report that there was buzz around this, the the franchise that Shermer wanted Daniel Jones, and Gettleman and Maris wanted Eli. Well, that's the number one problem of this whole and, situation. Uh, when your coach, when your head coach and the higher authorities, the general manager and the owner are on different agree different sides. That's the main problem right there. You have to be on the same. You have to be going in the same direction. You have to have the same agreement. Shut it. If you do not, that's going to cause some well, sort of well, uncomfortability Sh- in the organization. Well, listen, Shermer's not been a winning coach. No. He wasn't a winning coach in Cleveland, and he hasn't been a winning coach for the Giants. And you're right. You started the segment off this part of the section right. 
this Daniel Jones and Shermer thing, because when you when you draft a quarterback, and now Shermer was brought there to incre- help on the offense, aside the ball, they are marriage together. If Shermer in 14 games now, because he's going to have 14 games to prove that he's the right coach with the right – because if he's not – See, yeah. here's the thing. If Daniel Jones starts three games at the end of the season, say he starts yeah, it's week not enough. It's not enough. It's not enough, 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 it's to prove, not enough the, sample. It's sample not. Size. You not, get 14 games, you're getting majority of a season. But not just Daniel Jones. It's not a sample size with the coach-quarterback combo. Because we've seen this. Look at what Garoppolo and Kyle Shannon. It's all about – we talked about this. You know, Brady with McDaniel. You, you look at McV- – perfect example. Golf couldn't do anything the first year with Jeff Fisher. They brought in a new coach and Sean McVay, and we've seen a difference. So if – We'll four, see. Hey, now, we'll, now if, if, hold on. And with fourteen if, games, if Shermer can't prove that him and Daniel Jones are then, the then, right marriage, then I said it. Then they're going to need a divorce, and the Giants are going to have to move forward with a Shermer, new coach with Daniel Jones. Shermer should be fired, and I've been saying this. If if it doesn't work after fourteen games, that's enough sample size to see if this is going to work going forward. Then Pat Shermer should be gone. I'm sorry, he should now have another year under the belt. Would a move like this? You can't go back. You can't bring back Eli. And we posted it the other day. Everybody's like, oh, he's not dying. Yes, but it was a sad day for Giant fans because we realistically know, any smart fan would know, that with this move, barring injury, knock on wood, number 10 is not going to be the starting quarterback ever again for Big Blue. Unless it's at the end of the year and they want to bring him in for one of the final home games. But other than that, they're riding with number eight. There's a new sheriff in town, and it's Daniel Jones. Do I think the decision could have been a little later? Yes. But you know what? If they feel that he gives them the best chance and you have to go with this, you have to go with it. You have to see what this kid's going to be made of. I like that they made the decision early, but I don't because of the because of the situation that they're in. They're 0-2. They're not good, but it's all around. It's can everything. I, can I finish it's one the other lack thing of weapons. The defense is atrocious. But you have and, to and start. For you people, have and to for see people this. to say that they shouldn't kept Eli and saved the money and should sign Wayne Collins. Sorry, Wayne Collins wasn't going to make this defense better. And sorry, Olivia Vernon, yeah, they're, they're not going to make this team better. Oh, I'm sorry. so I got to watch Landon Collins, and I loved Landon Collins. I loved him when we drafted him and moved up for him. Okay, I watched him in college. I don't know if some of you people watch college football, but I do. Okay, watched him. Yeah, so watched him in the high school All American game when beast. his mother was pissed off that he couldn't go to LSU and went to Alabama. Okay, I watched that five, seven, eight years ago, but. How many times am I going to have to watch a tight end or a running back come out of the come out and run a seam route or, or a flanker route and he can't guard it? He was he he was a weak side linebacker playing safety. Okay? He was a down in the box safety. In today's game, you'd rather have five cornerbacks than a safety who can play in the box. The game has changed, folks. Wendy Collins was not going to make okay. the Giants defense better. So, sorry. Sorry. This, this is this Olivia is Olivia Vernon can't stay healthy. What does he have? 10 sacks and f- 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 Four years with the Giants, paid him fifty-two million dollars for what? This is to play uh, run defense, ladies and gentlemen. This is what happens when you have a new franchise quarterback and you draft a franchise quarterback. It what, has to be done. Good. Let's move on to the quarterbacks ha- that are going to play. It this has week. to be done, and the Giants decided that it's time to bring in Daniel Jones, the end of an era slash new. All right, era. let's end this okay. era and let's move on to the quarterbacks that are will you be done. Playing. Yeah, I'm done. First of all, before I get into any of the quarterbacks, I'm not letting you get off easy. If anybody saw last week, and I think Ted almost made another dumb take yesterday. Last week. Was it on the record? Last week, yeah, it should have been because you've made some really outrageous statements this year already. Last week, if anybody's seen on our show, there was a point that Ted Keyes 
Thought the Miami Dolphins were going to be competitive with the New England Patriots. If everybody knows, we all know the result of that game. I did say the final score would be a 42 to 10. I was close. I'm going to make a bold prediction for the rest of the year. The Miami Dolphins will not even score over 100 points this year. They will be historically bad this year. And for Ted to make a statement like that, Ted, it was 7 qu- nothing going on que- since I have time. I question it your, wasn't the defense I question fault. your sports takes now. No. Because of a take like that to think that this team was going to be competitive against a team like the Patriots. And we could have a very good question going forward to one of our followers that posted on our website. And we might be posting it next week. It's a very interesting question. It could happen, too. You want to talk about a disaster of a situation? Poor Josh Rosen. Not going to get into it, but poor Josh Rosen. A top 10 pick last year. Was one on the one of the worst teams last year. Won the worst team last year. And now he's going to be on the worst team again two straight years. The kid will never be able to flourish in the NFL. Shame on these teams because this kid could be a good quarterback. Put in the right system. I feel bad for Josh Rosen. But damn, that Miami Dolphins team will, it would be, will be historically bad. And I'm sorry for the fans that I know that are rooting for the Miami Dolphins. Harry Hemstock, Mom, Carl, Uncle Jerry, your team is going to be historically bad. 100 points, 100 points. less. Swear to God. Yeah, this team 10. Is, so you're saying they will okay, score 90 two, points for the rest nope, of the season. They're done. Ted, don't ever make another statement like that again <laughs> because you. we might have to drug test you. Listen, the we do- might have to drug test you if you make another statement the, like that. The Dolphins, That's all listen, the Dolphins played hard in the first half. It wasn't because of the defense. It was because of the offense. It was 7-0 with a minute 12 left when Antonio Brown scored the touchdown. So... Ted, you want? Remember how I always say Whatever. the Patriots guys can make a, a hot dog vendor guy an All Pro. The Dolphins guys are looking for hot dog vendor guys to just get a team out on the field. I saw someone, because people want to be traded. Someone said uh, Miami Dolphins are looking to hire Ted Keys as a quarterback. I heard that. I heard the XFL is calling the Miami Dolphins. So, they need another team. So let's go into the quarterbacks that. Let's are get playing. off of that statement yes, because please. come on. Yeah, because that's embarrassing on your take. Whatever. I that said w- Miami Dolphins would cover the 19 and a half. They didn't. No, you said they play competitive. Don't 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 just say. Yeah, them. I said they would cover in competitive. They did cover the first half. Yeah, Forty-three, nothing was competitive. Take the two picks. Anyways, take the two pick sixes away. Throw a touchdown or something. There we cover the. From 19. worse to bad, worse the to NFL 100 could be the year that we always talk about. The beginning of the year, we talked about this pressure, and all we ever talked about was the quarterbacks. That was the main player. If you haven't noticed, there's been a dosage of quarterbacks. Do you have that tweet from this morning that you sent me? I I have to I have to look at it. I'll I look can, it off. I, I can pull it right but now. My thing is go ahead and I'll I'll pull it up. This is the year for the bad luck of quarterbacks. Got it right now. You and to, and talk about bad luck for us. We had two of the quarterbacks that sustained injuries last week. Ben one's out for the year and one's out for six weeks. We both. So talk about bad luck for us. Ted, give us the tweet that I sent you this morning. So someone wrote, okay, if I told you the starting quarterbacks in week three included Josh Rosen, Mason Rudolph. Luke Falk, Teddy Bridgewater, Daniel Jones, Kyle Allen, and Gardner Minshaw. Would you have believed me? No, because this was two. This is all over two years ago. This happened again two years ago. And you remember the ratings? The ratings were atrocious because of the quarterback play. This is a quarterback-driven league. And when you have guys like Drew Brees out, Big Ben out, Cam Newton injured, Eli benched, you're having Sam Darnold out, Nick Foles out. Am I, anybody, am I missing anybody else? I, the I, only I, thing that's worse that can happen is if a Rodgers or a Brady or, God forbid, Patty Mahomes goes down. Because don't say state. it. God forbid any of that happens. Russell Wilson. This, Russell Wilson. Guys like that. 
To see this year already start off like this and to see the bad luck of, te- of teams. We saw this two years ago and it hurt and the I NFL. Just sa- I just said it. I know. Uh, it hurt the ratings. I'm just reiterating. This is a quarterback-driven league. And to see all these big-name quarterbacks either injured, benched, it's just unfortunate and, to see, and we're trying to make rules to protect quarterbacks, yet they're getting hurt more and more. Maybe we, I mean, Deshaun Watson, he might be on the verge of getting injured too with the way that offense line's been god well, awful this thing. year. Well, here's the thing. In the AFC, with, ben Re- with Big Ben being hurt last week, yeah, and, and, and Andrew Luck retiring, and I don't know if you mentioned that too, because you have to add that into this season. Mm-hmm. The AFC's purity is gone. It's gone. It's only two teams. It, it's, it's the Chiefs and the Patriots. And the only difference now is wondering who is going to have home field advantage. That's really what it comes down to. Oh, it's only, yeah. Now, the NFC, you still got most of the top quarterbacks. For, for the most part, you still got Dak and Wentz in the NFC East. You got Rodgers. You got Russell Wilson and, and Goff. You know, you still got Matt Ryan. Now, you don't have Drew Brees for six weeks, but they do have Teddy Bridgewater. So we'll see how that all pans out. But we wrote this down because, you know, we have talked about it, and it is, you know, sometimes boring because you reiterate, it's like, oh, who's got the most pressure? Who's the best player? It's the quarterback. We know. The quarterbacks drive the leagues. Mm-hmm. And to think about what we've said so far with the major injuries, I know it's only week two, and that's what's crazy. It's only week two. We're not talking week eight. We're walking, talking week two. You know, Sam Darnold, I don't know if you mentioned that. I mean, Mono. I mean, it's just it's little things. It's, it's big injuries. It's little things, and they pile up, and it affects the teams and the games. And we'll see how it plays out in the next couple weeks. But what we have seen is the Chiefs and the Patriots are really dominant in the AFC. The Cowboys, I don't know what the, the Cowboys are good, but they've also beaten up on the Giants and Redskins, which will probably both be less oh. than six and tens. They'll probably have four or five wins this year combined. Mm-hmm. You know, the Saints with Drew Brees being out, the Saints really haven't looked that good because if you want to make the argument, the Saints could be 0-2 right now. Should be 0-2. I mean, there's some great matchups this week in quarterbacks. Cam, Newen has, great. Cam Newen's hurt and has not looked good. Yeah, that's so, right. Yeah. You know, the best division right now in quarterbacks right now is got to be the NFC West. Goff, Russell Wilson, Kyle or Murray, and uh, Jimmy G. Jimmy G has looked good in two games. I mean, you got some great and, and, you got and, some great and, match- what I, and the reason why I said that to you, Trev, and not to t- take away from what you were going to say is... Of course not. That division... With having the four quarterbacks, will at least be competitive because all four quarterbacks are there, and it'll make those teams. You look at the NFC East. You know, Here, I think Dwayne Haskins. It's inevitable that he'll be starting soon. Here's my th- my final take on this whole quarterback thing. There are some great matchups this week: Deshaun versus Phillip, Baker versus Goff, Mahomes versus Lamar. I mean, yes, there's been so many injuries detrimental to our teams, could ruin teams. Years, but you do have great matchups this year. The age of quarterbacks, young quarterbacks, there's 18 quarterbacks of 26 and under. That means something that the future is now, and the future looks bright for quarterbacks as well. I want to go before break. I want to give us our power rankings. Because like I said, we will be doing this for, for the rest of the year until the season's over. I'm going to let top, you go. Our first, top 10 power it. rankings. Number 10, I got the Buffalo Bills. I do like what the Bills have done. I like I like Josh Allen. I like where they're going. Sean, Sean McDermott's done a hell Should of a job. Should we go back and forth 10 to 10, 9 no, to 9? No, Nine, Eagles. Eight, Saints. I still believe the Saints are one of the best teams, even with Breeze out. Seven is the Seahawks. Six is the Ravens. True test this week. See how great Lamar Jackson really is. Five is the Packers. I really like what this team's doing, even though Aaron Rodgers has looked all right. Just imagine what he does when he gets the Aaron Rodgers play. Four is the Cowboys. Three is the Rams. 
Two is obviously the Chiefs, and we all know who number one is. When you give up three points in two weeks in the NFL, well. that's scary. I'm sorry. There, Antonio Brown, if he, could st- if he could stay out of trouble, which doesn't look good, this team is going to be very, very hard to defeat this year. That's my top ten power rankings. Again, the same two teams, number one, one and two, are the Patriots and Chiefs. We have a caller. We have a caller. We have our caller. We have a caller. Who is it? Is it Patrick? Patrick Clapp. Patrick. Buddy, I'm calling you from the beach. It's a little windy, so if there's some interference, I apologize. You're a lucky, lucky man right now. We're just we were just doing power rankings in quarterbacks. Before we get into Cam Newton, quick question. Your take on Eli Manning. What will you remember Eli Manning? I know you're not a Giant fan, but I want to just ask you because we've seen Eli Manning in person. We've watched him on TV. There's been a lot of bad moments. What is your memory of Eli Manning? Well, obviously, you got the two Super Bowls, which for those alone, I mean, statistically speaking, you you know, you was up in the air a little bit with Eli. But what I always go back to, and I think uh, you guys might even been at this game, the one game I remember is the Giants at the Patriots. I think it was November, right before Thanksgiving, if I want to say 2011. Yes, you, uh, yeah. me, me, and, Ra- me and Ralph Valenti were at that game. You and Ralphie. Yep, and that was the year, uh, regular season, that they won. That they would go on to win their second Super Bowl over the past. But that game, I remember just the Giants, I think it was something like a 90-yard drive or 95-yard drive. Drove right down the field, had the back-to-back play-action calls to, I think it was Kevin Boss or who was No, it was Ballard, Ballard. Jake Ballard. Jake Ballard. Yep, yep. And uh, they won that game, and I remember thinking, wow, like what a drive, what a memory that was. How, what a win for Giants fans on the road in New England. Mm-hmm. So I always think of that one game in particular. I think Eli's a Hall of Famer, no doubt about it. I mean, like I said, statistically speaking, he's not up there with some of the greats, but just the longevity of his career, and again, the two Super Bowls, obviously. Uh, Eli's a Hall of Famer in my book. Okay. So, I talked to you right before the show, and I said I would ask you this. Listen, you know you're the commissioner of our fantasy football league. You've been doing this for years. You're an avid sports fan just like both of us. What's your takeaway in the NFL with all these injuries through the first two weeks of the season with the quarterbacks? Well, the NFL inherently is a strange league, right? There's only It's a small sample size. Each team only plays 16 games. So every year, I feel, is, it's just by nature, the NFL, there's strange things happen. If guys get hurt, guys get the opportunity to burst onto the scene, whether it be due to injury or coaching decisions, what have you. But I can't remember another year quite like this one where so many quarterbacks have gone down and we're only in week three. Nick Foles week one. Drew Brees obviously is out. Yeah, ben both of our both year. of our fantasy quarterbacks go out last and we, week. And we know because we made a trade with you. We had Roethlisberger and Brees both, and we had to make a trade with you because we had no quarterbacks. Yep, and I was lucky enough to get Brady off the wire, and I traded you guys Josh Allen, who, by the way, is playing very well, I must say. Um, and then, you know, I didn't even mention Cam Newton, who obviously I'm a Panthers fan. He's not right. Clearly, he's going to miss this week. Mm-hmm. It's just it's been a very strange two weeks in the L as far as injuries go, and it's changing the landscape of the league. Look at the Steelers and the Saints. Those were two before the season, probably two top ten teams, right? Mm-hmm. Both are now onto their backup quarterback. Those were my Super Bowl. Those were my Super Bowl picks, Pat. Were yeah. the Steelers, Saints, and the Saints yeah. beating uh, the Steelers? I'll ask you the last question because you did just mention the Carolina Panther fan. What is wrong with? What do you think, from your perspective, what's wrong with the Panthers and Cam Newton, man? Is his future done? I hate to say I hate to say this because I love Cam Newton and I've always loved him and I, you know, he's overcome his shortcomings as a pure passer with his athleticism. But I think that foot injury that he sustained in the preseason against the Patriots is really going to linger. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I, I just I think he's not going to get over that all season, and that's really going to affect his on-field play. We've seen it the first two weeks. I think he has negative rushing yards. <laughs> and that's not I mean, him. He's, this yeah, is a guy who's this is a guy who's rushing for four, five, six hundred yards a season. He's going to break the all-time rushing record by a quarterback. At least he was on pace to. And if he doesn't have that element to his game, he is, a, I'm sorry to say, not a good quarterback. Um, so I actually think right now, at least, well, he's not unhealthy. I think it's an upgrade getting Kyle Allen in there tomorrow or Sunday, rather. I'm glad you're starting to realize that Cam Newton's not a good quarterback. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Hey, buddy, have a great weekend. Enjoy with the boys. Uh, you're very lucky. Enjoy that weather and have a great time down there. All right, pal? Thank you for calling. Hey, you in. boys. Have a great show. Thanks for having me, Ted. I will see you in about 24 hours. <laughs> Can't wait. Enjoy, boys. See you later, buddy. See you guys. He's a lucky, lucky man right now. Yeah, Very yeah. lucky. You can hear the wind. I can only imagine. 90, 80 degrees and palm trees. Well, it's going to be 80 degrees, but there's no palm trees up here. Yes, I will be in Tampa Enjoy. to celebrate my buddy. And guess what? Ted's going to see the, oh. the debut. But all these guys are going to see the debut of Daniel, of Daniel Jones. So I'll finish off with this, and I'll let you finish off the NFL subject. I was able. I was, had the benefit because of my Uncle Bernard and things. That, and taking me to Giant games all my life and, and being a Giant fan. That, Where are we going with this? Well, what I was going to say is be, he used to take me to a Giant game every year, okay. take me to one game every year. Yeah. So I remember this because me and Uncle Mike, would, we were at the last game ever at Giant Yeah, so Stadium. was I. It was 41 to 9 Uncle Carolina. Mike, remember Uncle, Mike, Uncle Mike is sharing good deep. Yeah, with a minute left, they're down 41 to 9. We were, uh, yeah, it was awful. So I was at the last game ever. And it was against Carolina. Yep. Last game ever at Giant Stadium, yep. the old Giant Stadium. We, you and me also had the benefit of being at the first game ever at the New Giants. I did not go to the first game. You did. You, you and the boys. Oh, I no, did. I did. So not. the first game ever at the New Giants Stadium. And now to think about, I was going to celebrate my buddy's bachelor party in Tampa this week. To think that Eli Manning's career is over this week, and I am going to see the start of Daniel Jones this Sunday at Tampa Bay at Should 425. Be. It's one of the most, let's just say it's one of the most in interesting games it this, has to be. this week. Uh, even Colin, Colin Coward, we listen, we're an avid fan of Colin Coward. He even said it. I got interest in that game now because of Daniel Jones. Time will tell. Let's see how DJ does this week. Eli, thank you for the memories. We love you, Captain E. Ladies and gentlemen, we're taking a break. We'll be joined by the Joe Aguirre to talk New York Yankees baseball. Like I said, big news happening for New York sports. Major news right now, Domingo Herman, Batanz, We'll have that all covered with Joe in a couple minutes. Keys to the city. We'll be right back, folks. Sports, we've got sports here on Keys to the City, brought to you by All Noise Radio. Here's your host, Trevor and Ted. And ladies and gentlemen, we are back. Clovercrest Media presents Keys to the City, and look who is back. Joe Aguirre. Joe, did you hear the big news already? Did you hear the mammoth news today? I, I was looking for you, but I know you're a busy guy. It's been a Crazy week for New York sports as a whole. Yeah. Get that camera. Make sure that Joe's getting that camera. We need to see Joe. Get my good Cameras side. and mics Get are the on. Good. We're good. It's been a crazy week for New York sports. You had the celebration last night. The Yankees are AL East champs. First time since 2012. You get the Eli news. Daniel Jones, the new era. And now you get the big news. Batanz comes back. 
He's done for the year. Sevy comes back, looks good. But the big news is today, Domingo Herman, done for the year. He's done for the year. No injury. He's done. Just came out about a half hour ago before the show, and I was looking for you, and I was like, can't believe it. I, it can't believe it. It is a big blow because now it shows that Severino, his value just skyrocketed. Because of Batanz is done for the year, and now Herman, who we were talking about all year, oh, we could get him in for a couple innings. And I get can't to the believe bullpen. they suspended him for the year. And man. guess what? Now this I happens. I want to know what the what it was. must be bad. Supposedly, it must be so really, really bad. So supposedly, it happened Monday report? night that supposedly he had slapped his girlfriend in an no, MLB. Two, well, they had that. And season, an MLB official that. saw it and then went. Little birdie to the thing, you know, kind of like, hey, listen, uh, Trev did this, and then, uh, you know, yeah, they investigated. Uh, but it was like there the, was no police report. There was no. Uh, they had a party. It was for what was that for? Was I think it was Gary Sanchez's birthday. And they all looked great. They were with their they were with their dates and everything. They looked great. And then this happens. Yeah. It's like <laughs> you couldn't have asked for a crazier week in New York sports because of, like I said, everything that's transpired in a matter of two days. I mean, you have injuries, you have a suspension now, you get a benching, a new era begins, the ALH champs, we should be celebrating and get ready for the postseason, but now we're dealing with injuries, Judge, Sanchez, See, that's the thing. Batance is done for the year, and now Herman's See, you know new. what I don't like, though? And, and I'm, I'm not going back to the football thing, but we got all this crap going on with Antonio Brown, but he's still playing able to play football. Because in, in this world now, it's always, it's not innocent till proven guilty. It's, it's guilty to proven innocent. Well, let's find out all the details first before you suspend Let him. me tell you something. The Major League Baseball Players Association serious is this. probably the, Very strict. Sh the strongest union yeah, they said they in the entire country. They, they, they definitely strict. They're probably the strictest oh, yeah. out of the they four. Said, back, I, I watched PTI yesterday. They said the MLB players, and I'm going off of your thing, they said they could have appealed it and did not, and held and said, listen, finish your report and do your due diligence before you start suspending the guy. And I give them guy. credit for that. I, because that it's is, a hatred towards the Yankees. No, but it, no, it's a serious— They don't want it's the Yankees to win. Come on, Ted. That's a dumb take. That's like a Yankee page take right there. Somebody says that. That's a dumb take. Uh, it's a serious offense nowadays. Look, I don't approve of any of that nonsense. That garbage should not be allowed. If you hit a woman, you're a coward nowadays. I swear to God. That's how I feel about this. And good for baseball for intervening and making that decision because they don't screw around with that. The NFL, that's one of their worst traits. The NFL is so great nowadays. They're the most popular sport, the most powerful brand. In but the, they and, have a lot of BS. But you know what? BS. There's a lot of BS. We see what the Tyree Kill thing, the history of domestic violence, the Ray Rice situation. Yeah, but that you know debacle. What? And now Antonio Brown is still But do gonna fans be... really care about that? Yes. No. There yes. is fans that care about so, that. Some, some do, but here's the— Look, who, who doesn't— I think it's Who a doesn't man to... care about Tyreek Hill's troubles? Chiefs fans. Yes. Who doesn't care about Antonio Brown's problems Patriots right now? Fans. Patriots But that's fans. what I mean. Who who are, who want to be quick to maybe, well, we should find out. The I'll, fact that the players' union is I'm not supporting Domingo Herman tells me this is a really, this is more than maybe just a slap where it's like, yeah. this this might be a little bit more than that. The, the details are iffy. There's not a police report, so there's not something to look at. But whatever the commissioner's office was told, it's bad enough that they talked to the players' union and the union was like, pull them. No, I never do that. I'm just being kind of like the devil's advocate trying to play the other side. I, I agree with you. I know. You're, like, trying, you're trying this, to— This be, hurts the Yankees big time. Because what I was going to say is— Is this loss bigger than the Batanzas loss? Yes, 100%. Because Batanzas— It's in tandem with that. I, I, because for me, and, and I've been talking about this you guys for a couple weeks, my thought was Herman 
and Batances were going to play pivotal fourth, fifth inning roles to get to the to the really good parts of this bullpen all season. And you've literally, in in, in a two-day span, lost both of them. They, That's bad. Who well, knows what his well, future well, is with the Yankees, period. Well, though. here's the thing, you get a situation I'm not like worried this? about that because Chapman had the domestic thing and, and he came back and played with the Yankees. That is, that okay. is true. So that here's is. my thing. When I w- I'll go back to one point, and then I'll move forward. Yep. I think if we were asking, if you were asking fan man-to-man, do you think it's right, he'd say absolutely not. But does Tyreek Hill or did Antonio Brown help you win football games? Yes, and that's really what— I think that's what Domingo Herman will play a now, part. It plays— it, Now, here's what I'm going to say. Domingo no, 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 Herman— Hold on, hold on. They had, Hold on. There was a report out last week. He always cuts me off. I, good. I I'm going to— No, because I can't ever— I want to go with— I, I want to come, 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 come back with your isn't big enough. No, but I want to come back with your Domingo Herman, they said, was going to be the number one guy for importance to the Yankees' playoff. So why is he not that important then? No, I said he is, not Batances. But chances is not because he hasn't pitched all season. We haven't needed him. So it's like, what do we need him now? You Her- don't even know you're missing that because okay. you didn't have it. And yeah. Herman, though, well, it was going to go for you. were going to have Paxson in one. You're going to have Tanaka in two. And then you were going to have Severino for three innings. And Herman was going to go the next three. That's how they were going to mix and match. And Herman was going to play bullpen and starting roles. And they were going to mix and match him. And he was going to have the most pivotal role probably for any pitcher in the Yankees roster. And he's the biggest hurt of all the Yankees. Not Stan, not Judge, not Sanchez. Him. Because having him and having the flexibility to start him, pull him in the bullpen, pitch an inning, close, whatever you want. He's 18-4. He had everything going for him this year. And for this to happen a week before the season, it's devastating for the Yankees. Yeah. Go on no, with what there's you have no, to say. There's, it's not an injury. The injuries have been devastating. But to see this right before, a week before the season's about to be over with, it's that's, hurtful. That's, that's, a, that's a big loss. By the way, Herman out of the bullpen, six innings pitched. Nine strikeouts, two hits allowed, no walks, no runs. He'd been lights out out of the bullpen. And I was that's that's part of what my whole thing about matching up with Houston was gonna be to have a guy like Herman, to have a guy like Patances that could come in and give you a shutdown inning or two. To to see those guys once in a game, that's tough. And now he brings that's tough. Now CC definitely makes the playoff roster. I would think so. Severino's importance now goes from oh his from high to like extreme level. No, because his, his, his view. Yes, his I think now they have to look to get him through five, maybe six innings in a start. I think that's that's a it, must it, now it at changes, this point. Changes, at least five. It changes the whole dynamic. Now I took this picture last night on my phone, and it's, it's, it sucks. Oh, hold on, I'm honest. I just want to tell you this: to see something like this happen. Before. So this is what I took a picture on uh, the Yes Network last night when the Yankees pitched. Now Tanaka pitched a phenomenal game last night, but whatever. The Angels don't really have a major league roster right now. Stop that! First of all, let me tell you something. No, I said he pitched so phenomenal. T- no, I'm so tired of hearing about it's Mike Trout and, and bums. I mean, Albert well, Pujols no. is a first ballot Hall of no. Famer who's got 90 RBI this season. But they're, this miss, they're missing a lot that, of the, they're missing This a lot idea, of stuff. though, that the Angels aren't a good team or that it's a bunch of scrubs is nonsense. They suck because their pitching sucks. Plain and simple. Their hitters are not good, though, either. Their hitters are good. They're not Yankee. <laughs> their hitters, compared to the Yankees, nobody's good. But my point was, so the thing was, oh, I hate that. I'm so, I, I would have said the same thing, though. No, no I would have said Joe, the same thing. And I would have yelled at you. No, I would have said the Joe, same. No, it's <laughs> Joe, here's the thing. And we've been blessed this year with the Yankees. More, I think this has got to be one of the greatest seasons as a New York Yankee fan ever. To th- Paul Neal, and they said it last night, and Michael K summed it up perfectly. To think the beginning of the season that they were going to have all these injuries, right? The, and the, the personnel, the right injuries, right? And then have all the pitching things and everything else to go wrong with this team. And to be able to win 100 games in one of the toughest divi- divisions in all baseball in a league where the AL, where, like, you know, there's four dominant teams. 
and to do it, and, and to do it the way they did it in the AL. There's four the AL, teams. Yes, I think so. I, I don't. And know. I'll get into it. But I here's my that. point of the thing: why importance of home field advantages for the Yankees? The Yankees' home pitching ERA is 3.69 ERA. It's an eighth in the Major League Baseball. Their 5.01 ERA on the road is 25th in the Major League. So the importance, and you know, they were talking about it last night, and I'm not trying to change it, but they said, oh, the Yankee Stadium is such a home run stadium. Really? The Yankees hit more home runs on the road this season than they have at home. And the pitchers have given up more home runs than they do. Tanaka pitches better at Yankee Stadium. And, oh, he gives up home runs. Well, not really. I mean, look at the numbers. Herman, too, for what it's worth. For, and, and, and pitched much better but, at Yankee Stadium yeah, than on the road. You did say that. He was he was on the road this year. Now, you said he was an inning or he would get He had like a 6-5-6 six, six, yes. six road and ERA, and it was like out. two and a half at home. So, yeah. the, and the home runs, it was, I think, um, 18 on the road and nine at home. I mean, so, big so splits. The, so the importance to get home field advantage is very important. Really, the Astros have a two-game lead on the Yankees because they have the series – they beat the Yankees, and that's why that. And they said it last night. You, you know, you never think about this, but those two blown saves down in Houston early in the season, how much that really affects the Yankees right now? How about losing just to the Angels? I mean, you should you should be taking advantage. I don't care so, how many injuries you have. A Yankees depleted lineup is still better than the teams that they're playing and right you, now. And, and they shouldn't be losing to the Tigers. They shouldn't be losing to the Angels. They should finish strong right now and somehow get so that number. They I'll should ask, be taking advantage and beating up on these bad teams. So I'll ask Joe this question. Not. not me. Of the guys that are not on the roster right – excuse me. The guys that are hurt right now, other than Sanchez, who do you think needs to get some reps in? Or who needs who's important? I know Sanchez is important, but it's amazing. I think, like, Stan, I think Stanton. I just still. can't believe the interest. I think Stanton Stan could be a most big definite. difference maker. Yes, you know. Somebody again, said he did hit 59 home runs. Right. There's so many people that are down on Stanton because they just haven't seen him this year. That's ultimately what he comes down to. Uh, he could be huge. Also, Edwin Encarnacion yes. would be. Yes. I mean, he's you know he's always been a big spot hitting home run guy. I take him over Voight in the playoffs. I would too. Uh, he plays. I think he plays a better first base, and he's a better DH hitter. Really? I don't know if he plays a better first base, but I don't think the drop off Ted is big enough that it would be so, that much of a difference maker. So I listened. Well, so I listened to Mad Dog the other day, and he said this would be the Yankees starting infield if it was day one tomorrow. Well, Mayhew would be your first baseman. DJ, uh, Torres would be your second, and I'll ask you guys if you agree. Uh, Didi at short. Um, excuse me, and uh, Gio at third. That's how he said the starting infield. And your DH, he goes, ideally would be N1 and Cardinal Sion would be your DH. That's what he said with Sanchez behind the plate and Paxson starting game one. And then I would assume, with that being said, it would be Stan Gardner. Gardner, 26 home runs. Right now, I was wrong about Gardner, and, Judge, and I apologize. And right now, you're listening to Keys to the City. We are with the great Joe Aguirre talking New York Yankees baseball. You can, check us, you can check us out on an Instagram, Facebook. Spotify. They're going to hit 300 home runs. But back to the yeah. back to the Yankees. I mean, Gardy's been great. I mean, maybe they bring him back. I listen. I have throughout this season, I have declared Brett Gardner finished. Yeah, you hate. Yeah, he's earned another year. No, 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 not hate him. But don't you, call me but a hater. No, no, no. But earlier in the year, absolutely. Joe was realistic because after last year's 12 home runs and the way he played, you figured, all right, we kind of be. It's like the CC thing. You kind of gave him one more year to see. He's earned another year. While he was hitting leadoff at the beginning of the season, they got out nine nine and ten start with him in the leadoff spot. 
It wasn't working. It's and not his spot Aaron, no more. It's not, but also that wasn't his fault. Yeah. Aaron Boone miscast him as a leadoff hitter again because of Hicks injuries and there's some other things going on there. You didn't know what LeMahieu was going to turn into. I get it. Once, and I had said that earlier in the season. Move him down. He can hit home runs. I didn't expect 26, but I knew him down the lineup. A chance for him to, to hit. We've seen it the last few years. We know the guy's got some power. I thought that's where he'd be at his best. But I also thought he was pretty done. He looked pretty spent. I thought even by the middle of the season, it was my thought, this guy's going to start to wear down. He's playing way too much. I was wrong about all of that. I'm not usually wrong about anything, especially when it comes to the Yankees. And a guy who I mean... uh, you, you started to say, I hate him, and that's so not my, true. My, my fault, but I was going to say, yeah, I you just like I love Clint Frazier that much that I look at Gardner as kind of taking up a spot that I think Clint Frazier should be in. He's a dud. Say what you want about Frazier's defense or his attitude or whatever you want to say. Did you see the home run that kid hit last night? Yeah, because that ball got out of that stadium in like 1.4 seconds. That's because it was sick. That's because Maben shared the love. He gave him the hug after I he hit his. Maben hit a bomb. Take Frazier off and put Maven. Keep him in the postseason. I'd rather you, have Maven. I'd rather have, well. Maven. I'd rather have Maven than Frazier. Would you? Yes. Probably. I've seen him say sometimes, I, I know he loves Frazier, but I know he likes Maven. And I, I've always I think, been. I think you said he should be the left fielder for the postseason. Very, very, very possible he should get some time out in the outfield. I think Cameron, I've always liked Cameron Maven, and I'm not necessarily a big fan of other teams' players. Something about that guy early on, I just, I, you know, and to have seen him sort of like Urshela and, and Talkman were prospects who just never really lived up to what they were supposed to be. Yeah. Uh, to see him doing it now as a Yankee, is, is I'm really enjoying it. He's really embraced the fans Yankee. on Twitter. It's, Yankees it's, been, gotta t- y- it's Yan- been great. Yankees got to take advantage but of this you, weekend. They're playing the Blue, Blue Jays at home. They they gotta, gotta, they Blue have, Jays are a tough out though right now. No, when they play in the when they play in the Rogers Center, it's tough. See, I hate he, going to Toronto. You know what's you know because what's, the Yankees always struggle in Toronto. You know what kills? I don't me? care how bad they are. They struggle. That is true. I, I don't get it for a team that's probably the best team in baseball. Who? Oh. You can make the argument. Uh, I can see other people making the argument other way. The Yankees. We have so many questions. I'm not worried about the Dodgers, okay? Whatever. They, their bullpen stinks. Whatever. We know it. We know that. But I don't care. From what the I Yankees care about. The Yankees have a million the, different the things. The Yankees have so, – like, here's the thing. Sanchez, like, when is he coming back? Well, speaking of I Sanchez, he, if he doesn't come back, you're going to lose your bet. He's at 34. <laughs> I'll pay him the sub. It's You'll pay the sub because it was originally 30. Was it? It was originally 30. It was well, we we it revised. Doesn't, it doesn't, it matter, doesn't because matter. I want to go and just eat the sub too because I, I sent Trev the picture that right? whether it's for a pizza ten, house, no, and ten, the, the guy goes, it took 20 minutes to make the sub, but you could see all the fresh ten, cutlets. Ted makes a great point. We know what the Dodgers are in the playoffs. Their bullpen's not good. We know the Astros' bullpen is subpar. Yep. The Yankees going into the postseason, there's a lot of question marks because their pitching staff now with Herman gone, their outfield, their first baseman. Situation the catcher, injuries, catcher. I mean, Judge there's, almost got hurt diving there, for the Judge got hurt diving for the ball. There's about five or six question marks going into where these other teams have like one. I think yeah. but it's a big question mark. The Yankees have about five or six like 
But okay, here's what, the thing. What are we doing with it? There's been five or six question oh, yeah. marks no, that's true. for the entire season. But and what have these guys hey, done? But it's post- they just won. It's but the, in the postseason, yes, you know everything post-season. gets uplifted. It does. But if you just just in watching the, the ninth inning of the Yankee games the last week or so at Yankee Stadium, you could feel the intensity. You Full could crowd. feel it feels like the postseason already. That's the mentality. The crowd, the crowd is brewing. They're and that's waiting, the mentality they're that they're approaching this with right now. I want I would love to go to a game. That's why I want the Yankees. I need. We need. Got to go to a postseason game. We need game. to see the Yankees. That's where it's but at. I think the realistic thing now is we're probably not getting the number one seed, because the way the Astros series is, they have the Angels this weekend, then they have the Mariners for two, and then they have the Angels again. We're going to be the biggest fans of those three teams, of those two teams. I just I don't see the Yankees because of the. You have to. First of all, you Yankees have, are going to win by one t- game. First of all, Yankees you, are going to win the number one seed t- by one game. I'm now, you, right now. now, this is the question, and I know you never want to talk like this, but would you want to play either Cleveland A's or Devil Rays in that series, or would you rather play the Twins, a team that you've now they can hit home runs. I don't but care. But based on history, the Yankees kind of here's here's my answer to that. I don't care about those other three teams. I, would, I care about beating Houston. I'd rather see because the A's play Houston, which have been six out of eight in the last three in the last month. The Yankees different, brother. The Yankees have different. the best record in baseball when trailing at any point during a game. They've got the most comeback wins on the season. They've only scored two runs or less twenty three times this year, which is also the least amount of times in all the baseball. You're not gonna. You're, it doesn't matter if it's Verlander in Houston. It doesn't matter if it's Minnesota or Cleveland. That you're not going to keep the Yankees off the scoreboard. You're and still going to have to be. It's going to be for one game. One of the things I, I, if you look back on this season, there have been some week-long stretches during the season where the rotation was god awful, oh. historically oh, bad. We talked about where. That. You know, we, we've seen them, you know, go through rough stretches. They don't play well against Oakland. Yes. We know they don't play well against go- Toronto. After every down series, right back I'm up. I'm glad you said that. This team has, has what I, I've been saying this for a couple weeks now, the, the spirit and resilience of a championship team. That's what a championship team does. That's what Mariano Rivera did. You beat me today. I'm back. I'll tomorrow. see you tomorrow, and I'm there will be no and, and, and there will be no hangover. And I think you, you have to finally give that credit to Aaron Boone. You know what I'm kind of liking this because yes, I feel like now people with all these injuries now and all these question marks and Herman going down, people are going to doubt the Yankees. And you know what? I no think one's that doubting the Yankees. They've been I, doing it all year. Why wouldn't gonna, they and, do it now? And continue it because I think it's going to be the best thing. Everybody's going to be on Houston Dodgers again. I guarantee it. I guarantee most MLB experts will say Houston versus Dodgers World Series. Mark my words. Of course they're going to. And it's going to be great because the New York Yankees will be coming out of the AL this year. It doesn't matter if they're home or away. The New York Yankees have been doing it all year like Joe has been stating it, and we've been stating it. Every time they get doubted, every time they go cold, the the Yankees are done now. If they would, yep. I keep you, doubting a New York I'll team. Make, We've seen this happen in New York teams. And the two times they've doubted a New York team before, they went on to win a if championship. If the Yankees win the World Series this year, this will be the greatest win World Series the Yankees have ever won. I agree. And I'll tell you what, you know, this team has been in first place every day since June 15th. Really? June 15th? June 15th. Feels like longer. It does. Yeah, right. It does, but that's still, again, think Wait, about that. What was, what was, huge. The, what was the, wait, That's it? June 15th? The race had eaten oh, ahead that, of them. Oh, that one. Was, and then they came right back. And yep. That was it. And, and that was it. six and a half by the break, came out, one seven out of nine out of the break, and it's it's been all over. So, Trev. And the Rays are in Me and Joe should jump on this, Trev. 
are you now giving credit to Aaron Boone that he's the right guy? Wait, 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 wait. I, I need a If there's one other thing I, I have corrected about myself is my feelings towards Aaron Boone. I liked him since day he's one. He's been a good manager. He's made some mistakes, and he still makes mistakes, and he makes mistakes of a guy who has never managed before. Look, it, it makes sense. to win 100 games two years in a row? So with, do you, you want to hear me say... But oh. not having the highest payroll in baseball or this idea that they just go out and snap up everybody, which is what the argument generally is about the, you know, so, all these superstars. That's not what Aaron Boone's been winning with. So kudos to him. And it's going to be in I think the toughest thing is going to be choosing AL manager of the year. So you're, you, I've been saying it all year. I've been a huge fan of Aaron Boone this year. Now I you haven't, have. no, yeah, last year I was, you hated him. Yes. But this year, for Me what, for, from what he's been dealt with, the cards that he's been dealt with this year and the way he, that he's continued to I mean the fire though. That's what and I'm sorry Bre what, and Bregman and DJ LeMayhew should be the two guys hold running for MVP race because Mike Trout will finish third. He should he'll finish first but he shouldn't because no, he will not. Alex Bregman he will has not been the, win most, the MVP. He's I'm been the you. most consistent. He's been the DJ LeMayhew of that team because they've had injuries and he's been their most consistent player. My biggest, and DJ LeMayhew showed it I, again last night I when they needed runs, it. he hit the three-run home run. He asked me a question. He does this all the time. He asked me a question, never lets me answer it. You done? Thank you. The biggest thing that was missing for I'm answering your question for you finally. Just talk. Aaron Boone. The biggest thing that I that was missing last year was that fire. He has that fire and he didn't show it last year because maybe it was oh he was a rookie or something. Now he's showing it. He's He's got his stripes. Yeah. And I'm I'm very happy for what the Yankees have done. And guess what? It's gonna be great going forward. I have no issue with Aaron Boone. I'm gonna now. be nervous every Yankee game though. I'll be honest with you. You yeah. should be. There's a lot of pressure. There, bro, there's a lot of there's more pressure on the Los Angeles Dodgers than there are the New York. Can Yankees. I tell you? I'll just say one more thing about Aaron Boone because um, you're right. I mean, but I, I think when you look at this season, you talked about if they pull it off, it would be one of the greatest teams of all time. I think just because of everything that has Herman right now, Patinsis. I mean, they got guys coming in game one fifty one, and then they got guys getting hurt and They're out. About for to the take season. a page out of the New England Patriots. If these guys, <laughs> next man out. If these guys didn't believe in Aaron Boone, if these guys didn't trust in Aaron Boone, this team would be 20 games under 500. This would have been a lost season. And, and listen, we could have made the excuses. The Sevy's out and the judge was out and Stanton and D. You you could have made all the excuses in the world if this team would have if this team would have ended up like the Red Sox. A mediocre year, you could have been like, well, you know, ne next season, everybody be healthy. But they've won in spite of all that. They got 100 games. And I, and I truly believe it's because these guys, because he owns this locker room. These guys believe in him. They believe he's the right guy. Family. They're, you could see it in the, in the... My wife noticed. My wife hates baseball, doesn't like it, doesn't watch it. Um, notice the guys and, and, and the hugging and all that. And, 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 and she was like, that's cute. And I was like, well, that's what this team's been. And they've been through a lot. And this Domingo Herman thing is just one more, one more reason for these. You know, Boone was even talking about the other night when they were sitting there waiting to see uh, if Tampa was going to lose to the Dodgers so they could have clinched. He was like, it was a good team-building thing. They watched that together. They left disappointed together. They knew they were going to come in the next day and, and take care of business on their own, and they did it. And and I love this team. I really do. I think they're great. And it's it's going to be said because you know again, all the people, Mike Ford should be on the postseason roster. Stop, Mike Talkman, whoever. You know, 
backups do what backups do. And, and you know, look at Nick Foles with Philadelphia. That's what a backup quarterback does. Look you ship Gar- him out. Gardner Minshew. Listen, right he fill- was Listen doing I had out. the Jags last Listen, night, by the way. You fill, <laughs> the, you fill the role. What you're supposed to do, you don't cost your team. And you and you produce to the highest level that you could possibly can. And for us Yankee fans, we have seen that 110% with everyone that's come up for the Yankees this year. Not one guy has slouched or or played poorly. Yeah, everyone goes through stretches, but they have finished strong and they have come together. And it shows it, and it's a great thing to f- see because it's not just high-priced players who are just that much more talented than everyone else. It's team players, Kudos. team building. And team wins. Kudos to the organization. Kudos to Aaron Boone because they have another bump in the road. But just like the million bumps in the road they had this year, they'll they'll overcome it. The ball right away. How about one final thought? With eight games to go, you just saw Kristen Yelich out for the year. Trout obviously out for the year. Uh, You know, who's to say Houston or the Dodge? Who's to say somebody else won't get hurt in these final eight days? Kudos. It's and it could be a major game changer. So it's just another obstacle that they'll overcome. Like how's Kershaw's done. back? I'm just wondering. Joe, next week we'll have our predi- <laughs> no, next, next week we'll have the playoff have your, predictions. Have your playoff predictions. We'll have our awards too. As I can well. do it now, Yankees. We'll talk about. Just it. kidding. We'll, we'll talk, talk about the rounds, just like we did with the previous show. We'll, we'll do, do a break. We'll have you of a postseason preview next week because well, postseason. September 29th. And I'll, of course, be arguing against Mike Trout as the MVP. Of course. Absolutely. And I've been saying it that DJ LeMahieu should win MVP. We'll talk about that all next week. Got to be clutch. We'll talk about that all next week. Mets to Grom. Ladies and gentlemen, (laughs) we're not getting into that. We'll talk about it next week. Spoiler alert. Yeah, it is a spoiler. I sent it to Joe. We will be talking about that all next week with Joe. Postseason time is upon us. Here we go. This is what Yankee fans have been waiting for all year. It's time now. Step one is conquered. On to step two. Ladies and gentlemen, we're taking our final break. When we come back, massive week in college football. Massive implications for college football playoff. Jim Harbaugh, if he loses, is he on the hot seat? We'll talk about that. And we'll give our Heisman predictions after the first three weeks. Ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to Keys to the City. We'll be right back, folks. sports we've got sports here on keys to the city brought to you by all noise radio here's your host trevor and ted and ladies and gentlemen we are back clovercrest media presents keys to the city what a week we have for you if you're a college football fan man this is the week you've been waiting for college football playoff implications starting tonight what a week we have could dictate the rest of the season. I know there's big games going forward, LSU, Alabama, that's fine, Ohio State, Michigan, yada, yada, yada. But this is a massive week for the Big Ten, the SEC, and for the Independent League, and the Pac-12 as well. You think about all these conferences, and we've been bashing the Pac-12, we've been bashing the ACC, we've been bashing the Big Ten, even though the Big Ten's been great. And everybody wants to praise the SEC. Like me, I've been saying the SEC has been the SEC. They, when the big games came up this year, they were the ones on top. They were the ones victorious. So you can't 
bash them for the top teams doing their part. I know we're going to bash Alabama forever, but they still got a lot of big games going forward. Clemson has zero. Think about that. Like I said, massive week for college football. I'm excited. As a college football fan, as a college football diehard fan, this is what we would want to see. This is, this is where it changes everything. The landscape can really open up, and you can really might, cut, take some teams out of that race. You have a couple games, like tonight, mammoth game tonight in the Pac-12. Because realistically, this seems like this is the only team that still has a chance right now in the Pac-12. In the Pac-12 to get to a college football and playoff. the Utah Utes. And who would have thought that? I know Oregon's still around. They have a couple big games going forward. Oregon plays Stanford tonight, which is a, uh, or tomorrow, which is a, another huge game for them. You knock them out. They're done. Washington, all's well, playing BYU. But this is the big one tonight. Utah, top 10 team right now. A lot of people, this is a darling of, of the preseason. A lot of people had this Utah Ute, Utes team, the Utes. Not Utes. I know. Did you, you say, did you say what? <laughs> this I, for some reason this team was hyped up. Well, they got a mammoth game tonight, going to the Coliseum, and we know how USC is. USC tough loss last night, uh, last week against BYU in overtime. Would have been great to see a top twenty-five matchup. That would have been four top twenty-five matchups this week. So Utah, what are you going to give us? Pac-12. Big heads are hoping that Utah, the higher ups are saying, "Please, Utah." Utah needs. You, to win they this almost, game. they almost are hoping and praying that Utah wins because if Utah loses tonight, the hopes of a Pac-12 team getting into the college football playoffs unlikely. We're slim, probably at this point right now, but with a loss to the Utes, you can almost yeah, guarantee knocking the college football playoff one team off conference. Pac-12 gone. Well, Oregon losing to Auburn was huge in the beginning of the season. There's they, already two of them. That, the ACC, because we already know Clemson, but that's it. Then, and then Pac-12. Washington lost to Cal, so that was another big loss. Yep. And now Utah's the only undefeated team, really, that has a significant role in the Pac-12 and being in the, you know, in the college football playoff. And this is a big game. Now, you know, USC, we watched the game late last week. Tough loss at BYU. That's, that's always a tough place to play. Um, you know, Utah. It's a Friday they, night. They had, I, they had a true freshman last week starting for, for USC, you know, because JT Tannehill's got hurt the week before, torn yeah. ACL. You know, this is a big game. This is a big game for the Utah Utes. You know, it, it'd be, it's so an impressive game. For, this is a big game for the Pac-12, man. Yes. Now, here's a great thing. It's, it's a Friday night game. It's 9 o'clock. You know, these are always those funny games, you know, Friday or the Thursday night games where you see some upsets. I'm hoping not for the upset. I'm rooting for Utah. I think Utah's going to win this game. I think it'll be close for the first half, but I think eventually Utah's got the veteran quarterback. They got a star running back in um, Moses, so, Moss, excuse me, who is, you know, might be one of the top running backs coming out in the and draft nobody next talks, year. Yeah, Zach Moss, that nobody's talking about right now. So, you know, listen, they're number 10 in the country. They got to keep winning. They got to win in press, uh, Say that. Yeah, say a, yeah, be as impressive as Ted speaking right now. <laughs> If you're gonna speak as if 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 you want to be that impressive, it's not gonna be good for you tonight. It's not gonna be good. <laughs> but I, literally, this this is all about the Pac-12, and this is about Utah maintaining. Yeah. And if they win tonight, they'll be a prohibitive favorite. Prohibitive favorite. Damn, bro, you really struggling. It, let's just okay. So Utah, Utah's got bad In luck the, and already. And then Pac-12 South, you got bad luck already. Utah's got some Stop. bad luck. This is all shaping up for an upset. That's why I'm going with the Trojans. They lose a tough one last week in BYU. Not overtime. Utah is winning this game, baby. The Utes. U 
USC is going to come in. They're going to rally around their freshman quarterback home. We saw what they did to Stanford a couple weeks ago. Destroyed Stanford 45-20. to 20. I know Tough Stanford's not. Last week. I, I, I know. And I think they bounced back. A lot of energy coming so into the college. You're for the – you want the upset. So Ohio I State know, can get no, in. No, no, no. It doesn't matter. Utah's not jumping over – Ohio State, if Ohio State goes undefeated, they're just not. It doesn't matter. The Pac-12 doesn't have nearly as much as they don't respect. Have, they as do the have Big six Ten. teams ranked in the top twenty-five, though. That is true. But I can see this all shaping up to be an upset. You just said it. The Friday night game, Thursday night games, there's a weird feel to these games all the time. And we've seen USC do this, and we've seen a bunch of teams do this in the past. A top ten team comes in, visitors, they got all the hype, and then they get shellacked. I can see USC on Utah too. Listen, you know, I'm you, you go, know what Utah gives up per game defensively? What? Nine point seven points a game. It's gonna be they, a, it's gonna be a they, tough test. They have some NFL caliber talent on this team. What is it? Zach Moss, he's got three hundred seventy three yards, touchdowns. I it's think gonna be I a, think look, I'm not saying it's gonna be easy for USC, but I can I would not be surprised if USC puts a hurting on them. But I can also see Utah winning. But I'm going to go with the upset. I got the Trojans winning this game. Can I, I'm not going to give a score. I'm I, just going to pick the USC Trojans to win this game. Can I give you something, too? So here's a spread if anyone want to know. Utah's favored by three and a half. But I'm going to give you a little something fun to think about, Trev. This is right up your alley. Southern Cal's home winning streak against Utah is older than the 96-year-old Coliseum. The last time USC lost a home game to the Utes, was in 1916 when the school whose official nickname had recently changed from meth. Just a little. They haven't lost a home to Utah since 1916. And it ain't going to happen tonight. Trev's so got the streak continuing. I got the streak continuing. And I got the streak ending. Uh, and FPI uh, has USC at a 57, almost 58% chance to win tonight. So we'll see what happens. Should be a great game. Tune in tonight, ESPN, 9 o'clock. Here's, here's my fun game. Because this is the game I've been wanting to talk about. Because this is just going to show and expose the team up north. The overrated up north that everybody wants to. You want to talk about hype? Utah gets hyped up. That's great. But a team that's getting hyped for the past three or four years and win two to th- and lose two or three games per season, I'm sorry. But when you're talking about Jim Harbaugh, who, according to Chaz, is the business in all of college football, yet has not been in the college football playoff, yet has not still been able to beat Ohio State, yet still can't beat Wisconsin, yet still his only biggest wins are against Michigan State. They barely can beat Michigan State. This team is made to fail in big games. So you know what? And this is the game I've been waiting to see. And if Jim Harbaugh and the Michigan team loses and they don't look good because they haven't looked impressive this year, they get shellacked by this Wisconsin team who have given up a point. All year, which should change tomorrow. The Michigan Wolverines. This is should be seriously start looking. I'm not saying already look automatically have to, but start maybe seriously considering it. Because if Jim Harbaugh loses another big game like this, you could knock Michigan out of the college football playoff race. He is one, one of these teams will be knocked out of the college football playoff, just like that. So here's the thing, not necessary because if Michigan has Still has a chance if so they Michigan win out. Loses, if they lose, Michigan if they loses, win out, they would Michigan still have a loses this game realistically. They're going to drop to the maybe 15 or 16. But if they win out, they have all Michigan State. They still have Ohio State. They still have the Big Ten Championship. They still have winnable games. I'm going to go on from there. Michigan put a hurting on Wisconsin last year in this one. 
Harbaugh is one in nine against top ten ranked teams since he's been the coach. And but Chaz thinks he's a great coach. Sorry, so, he's not. With that being said, the linebacker from Wisconsin in July, Zach Bond, said in July that the, the Badgers are coming for revenge season this year. And and if you remember that, wasn't that the Michigan thing two years ago? And they got to a certain point. They got they this got all, to Ohio State. This all comes this comes down to Shea Patterson. Yeah, and and Jonathan Taylor. Can Michigan's defense? which lost a lot of NFL prospects last year, be good enough to stop the one best of the best. Ba- no, the best running back. I was going to say one of the best players in college football. The best running back in college football. Jonathan Yes, Taylor. one of the best players. Okay. This kid is remarkable. Last year he had over 2,000 yards runs rushing, and no one even really knew. Okay. He wasn't in the high He is one of the best running backs to come out of Wisconsin, and he hasn't finished his junior year yet. Now, He's only played in now, two games. Already got eight touchdowns. Now this year, for the first time, they started using him in the passing game. Mm-hmm. If they can stop Jonathan Taylor, Michigan will have a good chance of winning. Still but here's the thing: what it really comes down to, and we talk about it in the NFL, and we talk about it weekly. The quarterback, can Shea Patterson, the transfer from Ole Miss from last year, is he going to finally lead Michigan to some big time victories? Is listen, you know about Wisconsin and that home field. That place gets rocking in the third quarter. They do the jump around song. They're going to be wild. They're going to be crazy. I just think the Badgers are going to win. It's home field advantage. If Michigan was home, I'd give Michigan the advantage. But I'm going to give Wisconsin the advantage. I'll take Mich- Wisconsin in a close one, 24-17 over the. Wisconsin. I got Wisconsin beat up on Michigan. I think they're going to run the ball, control the tempo of the game, rely on Jonathan Taylor, and that's what it comes down to. Shea, you said it best. You said it best. Shea Patterson, can he be able to win the game if trailing? And there's that Their time. Their defense has been unbelievable. They only given up 107.5 yards total. Who per Wisconsin? Game. Wisconsin. They haven't given up a point this year. I know. to zero. I know. They haven't given up a point. I'm going with the, I'm going with Wisconsin. Well, you want Wisconsin to win. No, I'm going. One. No, I want Wisconsin. Of course. Anytime I can see Michigan lose, I love it. It's like seeing Dallas. They should have lost last week. It's like seeing it's Dallas, awesome. Philly, or like the Patriots or Redskins lose. I love it. That's fine with me. Or Red Sox. It's just how it is. I'm an Ohio State fan. I always want to see Michigan lose. I expect Michigan to lose. I do not think this is a good team. I can't state it enough. And I wish Chaz was able to call because I know he's infatuated with Jim Harbaugh. And that he comes out with with his sweatshirt and his and his his weird look, he loves khakis. He loves Jim Harbaugh, and I can't state it enough. I can't emphasize it enough that he is an overrated coach, and this is an overrated team. And I don't care what Chaz says because it is true. The stats prove it. The facts prove it. The history proves it. They're going to lose tomorrow. Wisconsin's going to put a hurting on them. I expect them to win 34 to 17. Wow. Yes. This Michigan team is overrated. They should have lost the Army, and they're going to get exposed tomorrow. God, I just jinxed Wisconsin. <laughs> Anyways, let's get over to the SEC. And another big game. This, I mean, Auburn, number eight in the country. This is a team that won the big game in week one. They were 16 at one point, jumped all the way to 11, and then they won in week two, and they're the three and oh. But Texas A&M, we know how this team is. The 12th man. They're a different team at all. They're a different team. Kellen Mond is the difference maker. It comes down to the quarterback battle. Oh, is it? Can, Bo Nix, the freshman, can he go in to, to A&M and defeat a tough Aggie team right now? I don't expect Auburn to win. I, I, I see another upset happening. 
I see another top 10 team going down. Right now, I got all the home teams. I got the Aggies taking care of business. TCB, baby. So I had I had Utah win him. I had my USC, first matchup against USC. I had USC. I have Wisconsin, and I got the I Aggies Wisconsin. winning. And this Kellen one, Mond's been great. I know they played Clemson. Clemson is Clemson. And they I'm, will be in the college football playoff. They'll probably be in the national championship, and they might even win it. And the, but this A&M team is a different team at home. We've seen it before. Time and time again, and they will do it again. And I expect Bo Nix to struggle tomorrow. I expect them to get after him and blitz him, bring different types of blitzes each and every game, pressure him. And Jimbo Fisher is a great coach. I think he out coaches Gus Malzahn. Well, and that's really what I was going to start with. And I'll just I'll make it quick. I think Texas A&M does win too. I think they win 31-21. Okay. And I was going to say that really the reason, other than you know, and I'll be obvious, the quarterbacks. You know, you're going to have Kellen Mond at home versus a, a true freshman. You know. Bo Nix really hasn't played a true road game yet. He had the you know the game against Oregon, which was on a neutral site, and then he had the two home games against Tulane and uh, Kent State. So now he's going to a whole different neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Now he's going to Texas A and M. He's going to Aggieland. And this listen, we've seen a lot of upsets. Ask, ask Alabama with Johnny Manziel. Ask Florida Gators how down there. A lot of teams have not have gone in there and not come back, come out, not come victory. back alive. They've but been, really, what I think, destroyed. really, my difference in this game is the difference in the coaches. Jimbo Fisher is a big time coach. Oh a yeah, big game coach. He lives for moments. Now, like not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not knocking Gus Malzahn. He's a great coach too, He's as been well. In big moments, but but I like Jimbo Fisher. I like him home. I'll, I, take, I'll give him the edge. Yes. I give him the edge, and I think Texas A&M at the end of the day will make a couple plays. And because the true freshman is going to play a true road test, that's going to be the difference in the game. Texas A&M wins a 31-21 game. I can see that score too. So let's get over to. So we're on. So we're split on that one. We're same on the fir- the other two. two. All right. The next. I think this one is. Um. I think we'll be in agreement on this one as well. This is the nightcap, the big one. College football playoff implications right here. Mammoth game for the SEC, and a mammoth game for Notre Dame. We know how Notre Dame is in these moments and big games. They're like Michigan. They're horrible. They're not good. History speaks for itself. I think this comes down to the coaches. You just said it. I know the quarterbacks, obvious. Ian Book versus Jake Fromm. Jake Fromm, you want to be put in that level of Tua and Trevor. I know Trevor's been struggling, but you want to be put in that Trevor level. Usually, Trevor usually does struggle. You, I wouldn't talk. You want to be put in that level. Don't stop. You have to win a game like this. Do you know Ian Book's the leading rusher for Notre Dame right now? Yes. Listen, this is a 14.5-point spread. It shows, That's a shocker. shows no respect to Notre Dame. No respect. I think Notre Dame. But uses Notre Dame has not played well in big like, time it's games. It's like Michigan. They get smacked around, and they're not good. The history speaks for itself. Here's my thing. I'm not I changing. don't think Jake Fromm has to play great because he's got the better team. Oh he, yeah, All he's around. got the better defense. He's Ian got the book has to play. He's got great. the be, he's got the best offense line. He's got Swift at running back. He's got one of the best running backs one of in, the in the country. country. For Ian Book and Notre Dame to be successful, he has to have a Heisman moment. He has to have a special game. He's got to play flawless. He's got to have no turnovers. I was watching. Um, you know what they got to do? I was watching game day last night, or um, countdown. Yeah. Um, before yeah. the Tulane game in Houston, uh-huh. and they were breaking down Ian Book last week against. Now they won. He had ended up having like six touchdowns, but they were showing the first half where he missed a lot of open throws. Like the tight end was running a seam route, and you see him right past the outside linebacker goes up the seam, and that's a quarterback, and he's looking right at him, and he doesn't throw it to him. And then he runs and scrambles and gets five yards, but it's like he's missing guys. I think he's forcing the ball. You know, and Coach Kelly said it in the first game against Louisville, 
He's trying to do too much. Don't try to do too much. If it's not there against Georgia, don't force it. Take the check down. Take the easy route. Who faces, Was, I got a question for you. It's about this game. Who faces more pressure as a coach, Jim Harbaugh or Brian Kelly this weekend? Jim Harbaugh. I don't know. Brian Kelly. Hey, Brian, Brian Kelly's team has been in the college football playoff. That's Jim true. Harbaugh hasn't. But he hasn't been. Jim he, Harbaugh's he won, hasn't nine, won in big Jim games. Jim Harbaugh doesn't win big games. Ne- Brian Kelly has won big games. Mm. He's won at Michigan State. He's won big games. He's beaten Michigan. He's won against USC. He's beaten Stanford. He's had big games. Yeah, he has. Michigan hasn't. State? Yeah, Brian he, Kelly? Yeah. Cincinnati? No, he be, when he was at Notre Dame, he beat Michigan State, too. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. Uh, so, it's it's Harbaugh. Okay. And, and listen, when you're at Michigan, there's a, I think there's a higher expectation to be great. That's what you came there the for. Standard not the, there standard. for excellent. Notre yeah. Dame's in a different position because they're not Well, the Notre conference. Dame, they're excellent. They're, now, I mean, you can't these say two that. teams played two years ago. It was a classic. Yeah. Remember, at Notre Dame. Yeah, we did it here. We, would, we talked about it. And the quarterback was Jake Eason, I think. Jacob Eason. Jacob Eason. So, this is, listen, this game has college football playoff written all over it. These two teams could be in the college football playoff. Again. Now, this is a bigger game for Notre Dame. If they win, it would be, It'd be yeah. huge because they're favored in the rest of their season. It would send shock now, through the college football world. I think for most fans, and I think for most people, people just want to see Notre Dame compete and keep this game close. If they get blown out again. Yeah, it would suck. It's just going to hurt Notre Dame going forward in a college football argument because they're going to say every time you get to a big game or you play a big-time component, you fail yeah, do, yeah, horribly. If you're 12-0, and 0, it doesn't matter. You People, got crushed always, against Alabama National have that, You always, got crushed against Clemson last you'll year. You'll always have that yes. rep, reputation. I mean, they were always getting beat by Ohio State back in the day. A couple years back, they will have that reputation even if they go undefeated from here on out and even for the rest of their time. How about Notre Dame, if they don't win this game or they get blown out? Like, if they play this game close and it comes, down, be to la- game. comes down to a last-minute field goal, like, it's a bloodbath. Well, even for if they 60, lose by a touchdown. That's what I'm saying. If it, if it comes down to, like, like a 60-minute bloodbath, but if they lose, like, by three touchdowns or something, the reputation of Notre Dame will forever be, yes, they're good, but they'll never be great, and they can never win a national cha- or a championship. So for the return game against the Fighting Irish, Georgia has installed 500 extra bleacher seats at the one end of the stadium, ensuring a record crowd of more than 93,000. So yeah, this place is going to be raucous. Oh, I can't this is wait. Rock- I can't this, wait. This is the best game of the season so far, coming forward, ranked-wise. Probably the biggest. No, Big- that's no, what, that, no, that's true. Texas was pretty I, big. I think this is bigger. I really do think this is bigger. Okay. Just because... If Georgia loses, now they got the one loss already in the yep. SEC, and that's going to hurt. I don't expect their I, chance. Now, if Notre Dame loses, I'm sorry, I just don't Notre expect Dame, them to lose because Notre Dame's not in the conference and not having a championship game. I was listening to Urban Meyer. Them not having a championship game hurts, hurts them. them. Yep, didn't hurt them Be- last year, but I don't expect them to win. I expect I, don't jo- expect, I, I expect Georgia to take care of business. DeAndre Swift, I think, is going to have a big game. I think Jake Fromm is going to do what he does. He's going to have like 181 yards. He'll have two passing touchdowns. I'm hoping for a good game. But realistically, I expect Georgia to pull away just because they're just a more talented team over Notre Dame. I'm going to go with 41 to 20. Okay, so this is where the game really comes down to. We just uh, I'll, man, I'll make no, the score? Well, the final thing is Georgia's offensive line, they have probably the best offensive line I know, yeah. against Notre Dame's Notre Dame's got a good D-line. Okay, Julian Okra, remember his brother played for the Giants. Yep. Second team preseason All-American at 17 tackles behind the line. He's got 10 and a half sacks. Khalid Kareem, Dylan Hayes. I'm not even going to try to pronounce this so other what do you? Name. So what, what's your score? 
34-21, Georgia wins. Okay. So we're three or four in agreement this week. We're both four and two after three weeks. Yes. And, and, and I think Georgia's young receiver's got to play a big role because this is the game. Georgia yeah, young receiver's got to step up. This is one of your games that you have to – and Jake Fromm, I tell you, Jake Fromm has to prove himself to be one of the elites in the game. And th- this weekend, what better way to start? If, if I know no- it's at home, but you know what? If, Take care of business then. If I'm Notre Dame, I'm, all, I'm loading up on the running game and making Jake Fromm beat me. All right, let's close out with our Heisman finalists. Finalists right now. After every three weeks, we're going to have Heisman predictions, our top three Heisman candidates. So let me start. Right now, I think the number one guy – in college football, is Tua. He's been lights out again. A 1,000 yards passing, no picks, 12 touchdowns. He's looked like he's a man on a mission. This team has looked like a team on a mission after getting embarrassed last year to Clemson. Number two to me is Jalen Hurts. I'd love to see Tua versus Jalen in the college football playoff for one of those games. Honestly, I think it would be – the storyline would be epic. It'd be awesome. He's been unreal. He's been great. The offense is flourishing with them, and the term of going to go if you're a quarterback, go to Oklahoma. It stands pat right now. It stands true, and it's going forward with Jalen Hurts. And Jalen Hurts has proved that he can play quarterback, and that's the most important thing. And he's looked great. Number three, we mentioned him earlier. Who was your number two? Number two is Jalen. Jalen. All right. Okay. And number three is is Jonathan Taylor. I think Jonathan Taylor. I know he's played in two games right now. But this man has been a beast since coming into college football. He led the freshman. He has the freshman record for most rushing yards. He has the record, sophomore record for rushing yards. Junior year, he could be on the verge of doing that as well. He's already got eight touchdowns. It's only been two games, but he's been dominant. The team's been dominant. And I don't think this guy gets enough respect because it's a quarterback-driven sport. But Jonathan Taylor has been one of the best players since coming into college football two years ago. I'd have him at number three. And my fourth guy, if I had to put, would be Justin Fields. Oh, I thought we are not doing four guys. I know, but if I had to pick a, a guy, a dark horse out yeah. there, or not a dark horse, but a fourth guy, I would put so Justin Fields I, in that I have the same four guys, but I have them in different order. Okay. So my number one guy right now is Jalen Hurts. He's the number one guy right now for me. Okay. He, he's been impressive wholeheartedly for Oklahoma, and he hasn't even played full games. That's what's crazy. He hasn't played four quarters in the games that he's had to play in. Oh, sounds like last year. My number two right now is Justin Fields from Ohio State. Okay? I love everything that he's done. There's been a lot of pressure on Ohio State. You had to replace Dwayne Haskins, who threw for 50 touchdowns last year. You have a new coach in Ryan Day. There's no more Urban Meyer. There's pressure on Ohio State. There's an expectation to be great. Yes. He was the number one player. Not Trevor Lawrence. He was the number one player coming out of high school. Mm-hmm. He went to Georgia. He got some reps, but Jake Fromm ended up keeping his job. You transfer. You were able to start for Ohio State. Tate Martell, Tate Martell moves up Miami. You have to prove that you're good. There's a lot of high expectations for you to be succeed, and he has succeeded in every way possible. The team he's run scored. and passed for a touchdown in each game. I mean, he's. I mean, what a field finish with three touchdowns and just he's over half not, a play at yeah. Ohio State. Crushed fifty-one to ten. He's thrown for one hundred ninety-nine yards and also rushed for a score. Listen, they've been remarkable. Now they really haven't played no one, whatever. But he's done what he needed to do, and just like Jalen Hurts, my number three guy is Jonathan Taylor. He's been impressive. No one ever wants to give the running back any, 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 oh. anything. Any anything doesn't yeah. want to give him any anything. Okay, but he, you got to understand what he means for that team. Oh, yeah. In Wisconsin, the running back means everything. He's the and now and that the he is catching passing touchdowns and adding that to his, Look out. his 
repertoire. Okay. Look, look out. Big word. He has been dynamic. And he's been great. And I think this is a moment for especially him this weekend to get himself, if people don't have him in the top three, to get him up there. My fourth guy, if you want me to put one, would be Tua. Okay. Because he's been impressive, like you said, Trev. You have the numbers. You know what he has. He's got the one of the best teams surrounded, if not the best team surrounded by him. Talent. He's got great receivers. It's Alabama. It's Tua. But he hasn't had a Heisman moment yet. Okay. And I think he will eventually. And that's where the big games at the end of the season will help Tua. But that's my big three. And Hurts, Justin Fields from Ohio State, and the third one, Wisconsin, Jonathan Taylor. And like I said, we'll have that every three weeks, so it could be different three weeks from now. Everybody, enjoy the great college football weekend. Ted, enjoy with the boys down there. Enjoy getting to see the debut of Daniel Jones. One more time. Captain E, thank you for everything. Giant fans, show the man a little respect. He deserves it. Ladies and gentlemen, we will be back next week. Like I said, we'll be having our baseball preview, postseason preview. See what happens with those Yanks. Can they get the number one seed? We're hoping. Giants, let's see how Daniel Jones performs this week. We'll be talking about that and college football. After the big weekend, we'll be discussing all of that next week. Clovercrest Media presents Keys to the City. Everybody, have a great weekend. We're out. Yeah. Keys to the city, baby. When you see us, so you know you really viewing greatness in the making. Double up on facts we stating. Podcasting, cruise control, city, state, the nation. So what you saying? What we saying? Prime information. Facts, keys to the city. We're locking the statements. Streaming every Friday.